What's up, everybody? This is the Trouble with the Snap Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Um, Big Ten having a few troubles right now. We're going to talk on that in a second. Jeremy File is with me, as always. Uh, yesterday, we talked about... This is weird. This is going to sound weird. But yesterday, we talked about Jim Harbaugh going to Indianapolis. And we talked about uh, his appearance at Big Ten Media Day. Today, we're going to talk about Mel Tucker. But first, we are going to be talking about the Big Ten completely screwing themselves over again because that's what Jim Delaney did. Uh, outside of the Big Ten Network, obviously. That that was a golden idea. But um, when you look at the potential conference realignments, Oklahoma and Texas been in the work for six months going to the SEC and nobody knew anything about it till three days ago, and now that time has almost come. And the Big Ten is caught trying to play catch-up, and the two names that are brought up are Kansas and Iowa State, and just a sheer indication that the Big Ten is not going to take the time and get the right two programs uh, to join the conference, and you're going to be stuck with another Maryland Rutgers situation. Um, I, you know, well, this is probably where we're in, in different um, opinions on it. I, I think this Big Ten conference, the one thing that people need to start realizing is there's just some things you can't compete against in the SEC. I think with football, you just can't ever overpower them. Um, you don't have to compete against them. You just have to do your part. It's still a great conference. I actually think that the Kansas-Iowa State thing is, is fine. I actually like it. I think the, the West Coast thing had been brought up, you know, and we had talked about it off air, and I just thought that was ridiculous. Um, does it is it sexy and great? Yeah, but does it make sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. Oklahoma and Texas and the SEC make sense. It just does. It's, these are two powerful football programs in a powerful football conference. We got to start realizing that we have a fantastic basketball conference. When you add Kansas, it's the best conference. Um, it's already arguably the best conference a lot of the time. So I, I think we are in a, in a different playing field than some of these other conferences because we're trying to be as good in basketball as we are in football or vice versa. Not many conferences have that luxury. The Big 12, I thought, was obviously great in basketball last year. They're usually very good in basketball. Um, football, it's been, you know, it's up and down. You know what you're going to get with the Big 10. It's a meat and potatoes conference. It's Midwest. It's just kind of how we are. I don't think the Iowa State-Kansas is a bad idea. I just don't know, Tyler, who else makes more sense. And, you know, if you really want to expand, what did we talk about off here? Kansas State a little bit. Um, look, I, I mean, it's geographical you know, as I, well. I, yeah, I've, got, I've got another one. Uh, I'm, Go ahead. I'm missing, Go ahead. I'm missing, I missed Kansas. I don't know. I think I see it as an early text. But I, uh, I think that West Virginia would be a great ad. Oh, because sure. Absolutely. When you look at it, you're going to get a, a top 25 team in football and a near top 25 team in basketball. And I think, actually, they've been up in that area. I think they were actually ranked really high last year at certain stretches throughout the season. Um, yes. But you'll, you'll get two really good teams. Out of that, you know, none of them are world beaters. You add Iowa State, that's good for football. Basketball, they can be hit and miss. 
Um, but that way you don't avoid just the pure sucking and the automatic win that Kansas brings to the table. And while we sit there and we talk about how men's basketball and football are the only two real revenue sports in college athletics, men's basketball still makes about a tenth, if that, of what football does. And so football's got to be your primary focus. That's why I think Iowa State and West Virginia would be the best two ads. Obviously, Notre Dame would be too, but, you know, they're too busy screwing themselves over. So I think that that's – so I think that those two teams would be the uh, most logical and the best ideas. Um, I don't think you need to just pick apart any more of the Big 12 because whatever scraps you want from that, I mean – it is what it is because the Big 12 is complete trash without Oklahoma and without the name of Texas because let's be real, that's all they are right now. Um, looking at Mel Tucker and covering, you know, the stuff that we're going to talk about. And by the way, you can find us on Apple Podcasts if you want. If uh, you don't want to listen to Anchor, that's cool too. Um, talking about Mel Tucker and we'll focus on the uh, expansion talk. We'll focus on, you know, if anything ever happens with the both backward stuff again, we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff. Talk about the NBA draft, Franz Wagner, things like that. Aaron Henry and Isaiah Livers. Because um, all that stuff comes up. So we got the, all that to look forward to and, you know, not a lot of time to do all that. Plus we'll cover Draymond Green's Draymond Green in the Olympics as uh, U.S. Open Sunday, um, which should be a great game, by the way. Yes, it will be. Uh, but Mel Tucker today, look, press conferences suck. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what else to say. He gave us absolutely nothing. The only thing that we really got of any substance is uh, from Xavier Henderson. I mean, Mel Tucker said the quarterback uh, competition is really open. Um, and Henderson said it was a neck-to-neck situation. And I think that just – I mean, to me, that indicates Peyton Thorne's a starter because if you got two guys who are neck-and-neck, one of them's a senior and one of them can give you three years, you might as well go with the guy who's going to give you three years. Well, you would think, but, you know, I mean, I think that we'll – you know, we'll find out soon. Uh, I don't know. This The, the quarterback situation, they're kind of in the same boat as Michigan, to be honest. I think they have a few guys that could step up, well, primarily two, that either one of them, you know, Thorne or Russo, could, could probably do somewhat of a similar job. I do think Thorne's better. Um, I think Russo has not uh, played at this type of level. You know, I made the uh, – the uh, John O'Corn comparison where O'Corn was fantastic in that conference as well. But once he got in the Big Ten, it was a different story. Um, I, I think Thorne has got a little bit of that experience. I thought he was fantastic against Penn State, who was – who, by the way, Penn State was normal Penn State at the end of the year. They were very, very good at the end of the year. And I thought Peyton Thorne handled him, himself about as well as you could against that defense in the first half. Second half obviously got a little ugly, but that wasn't his fault. Um, I, I think he's better. I just think he's better. I think he's more mobile. I think he's uh, makes quicker decisions. I think Russo maybe has a bigger arm. But really, yep. I think Thorne has shown 
fantastic touch on the ball with the deep ball and has good arm strength as well. I, I don't think this is a hard decision if it's close. I think you're right, Tyler. But then again, you know, <laughs> this guy, Mel Tucker, has made it very clear that if you don't like what we're doing here, you can go. And I think that that attitude, like I told you, it's coin flip, Tyler. It just is. When you stick your hands out that way and you say big words and tough words and you're going to get one or two things. You're going to get your players who hate you or you're going to get the guys that stay with you are so tough that you can catch up. That's where Michigan State is right now with Mel Tucker because he has not, I will say this, he's not budged. He, he, you know what you get with him. I will say he's been consistent. This program needs to get better. It's about culture. You're going to have to bring it every day. I mean, he said it over and over, so you know where he stands. The problem is, at some point, you have to sell what you have. And you have to talk good about what you have. And that was my concern today when he spoke in front of everybody. Because recruiting is everything. And he mentioned recruiting, which was kind of shocking as well. Because, honestly, as well as people are – Michigan State fans are very fooled right now. They actually did not recruit that well this year. That's because he's a new coach, though. I mean, this is going to take time. His better years of recruiting are ahead of him. But he didn't rank well in recruiting at all this year. You know, I believe he was 10th this year, Michigan State is, in recruiting. So it's not like they're blowing, you know, knocking it out of the park recruiting. He brought 22, or excuse me, 15 new kids. That's the staple for him right now. That's going to tell you and all Spartan fans and myself, is the guys he brought in, is this going to be the route we take? Are these kids going to be able to come right in and give us something that we didn't have? Or did we lose 22 guys? <laughs> this is what's going to happen this year, Tyler. Like You're going to know. And honestly, I think some of the guys he's bringing in are very important. I think obviously Kenneth Walker is a big one. Crouching horse. You know, you've you got some guys there that played big-time conferences that can come right in and do a really good job. That is not the lifeblood of your program. But you have to recruit really, really good freshmen. You have to. You have to get guys three, four years and want to be All-Americans and want to stay and want to embrace what Michigan State is. You don't want 15 guys every year that it didn't work out there, so they come here. Because yeah. that tells you the kids that sign for your program and they sign the dotted line, there's a passion and a commitment to you that they have. They love Michigan State. And that's where Mark D'Antonio was. You know, you, you get I – watched, <laughs> I watched Divided We Stand again the other day, Tyler. It was, it's just such a great documentary and a great breakdown of what the rivalry is. And Greg Jones is Michigan State. That is Michigan State, a kid that came here who wanted to be there, loved Michigan State, would fight and, and die, Jim Harbaugh's words, for Michigan State. And what did he say about the Michigan recovery? When Rich Rodriguez came, I knew I'm not, I'm not going to lose these games. And that's about Michigan State. That's not about him. He did not want to lose Michigan State. I question that Mel Tucker is trying too hard to make up for things that he doesn't have to make up for. And my concern is, is that he's going to throw away guys like Greg Jones 
who are still sitting there waiting to be great. Well, I mean, the one thing is Greg Jones came in and his very, his very first play uh, as a true freshman was on special teams, blew out the kick returner for UAB. And, Jeremy, I'm sure you remember that day as well. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe oh, – well, Moment of silence. Moment of silence. Yeah, let's have a moment of silence for Appalachian State. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of there with you. I mean, look, the, the guys who are gone – you know, when you follow the program like we do, like I do, you, you realize that they're not going to be the most, you know, consistent contributors if they contribute at all on the field. You know, every every, every guy on the team has a role. I get that. But they're, they're not going to be the most consistent contributors. He did pull three starters at least. He has a freshman tight end coming in who can start right away in Cam Allen. Um you know, I still want to see uh, Trenton Gillison, but you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. That's going to be a position battle that I think deserves a couple extra eyes than it's getting. Yeah. Um. But I I'm very very I'm I'm still kind of torn on him. You kind of want to see him do his own thing, but at the same time, he's taking steps back. He's talking about changing the culture, and he's saying steel sharpens steel or as Antonio would say, iron sharpens iron, or as Ken Manny would say that because that's been up in the weight room for at least five years. And he's saying, we have a chip on our shoulder. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, they had uh, poker chips, like, embroidered or finaled on or whatever, uh, some of the team-issue athletic gear. And so I, I've seen that before. I've seen this t- type of talk before. I think he's making too big of a deal out of this being a tech, like technically a rebuilding project. I think if you're looking at success out of rebuilds, um, you can look at what his replacement in Colorado did by winning the Pac-12 championship a year after going five and seven. Well, Mel Tucker was there. Yeah, that, no, I, yeah. Th- that's that's where I'm at with this, and so. Look, he didn't really give us much. I know there's one. I know there's one guy who you really like. I like him too. I think he's a little undersized, and he's talking about him playing safety. But Mel Tucker just, and I think that him playing safety is a great idea. By the way, Mel Tucker just absolutely in love with Angelo Gross. No, I mean, did he mention him today? Because I didn't hear him mentioning players. So, you know, <laughs> did, he did not mention him in. Uh, the press conference because, you know, he didn't talk about anybody except for the guys like Beasley Henderson and uh, Jalen Naylor who were all there. But he, he talked about them in, like, those breakaway uh, segments of Big Ten Media Day. And uh, just absolutely in love with him. Talked about him, how it's that's his guy, and he can play multiple positions. And to me, to me, as excited as I am for this kid, as much as I want to see him, first off, I want to see Kalen Gervin perform more consistently so that way we can move Gross around. Second, when he's a when he can play multiple positions, that means he's probably going to be that five in the four two five, which yeah. means he's going to be up near the line of scrimmage. Which means a guy that size is going to get bullied by the tight ends that sneak into the second level against Iowa and their power eye formations. Oh, don't re- don't remind me about Iowa. I watched that film today, and that was, ooh, that was uh, 
very rich Rodriguez like um, when Michigan would play Iowa and Iowa would just push or, or at that point when they play Michigan State, you know, you're sitting there running these spread defenses because that's what you're locked into. You're the action around the line of scrimmage. And when you play these power teams, they just I mean, they win a numbers game in the box, and then you get these big corn-fed colossuses just running through your secondary, and that's not where you want yeah. them. Well, this is this is the bottom line. We've talked about this so many times. Schematically, I don't think he's a good coach. I think that's where he falls no. up. I think his attitude, actually, with the toughness talk, is great. And I, and I do think that they've ramped up some things strength conditioning-wise. As far as conditioning, I think they're trying to play faster, and they're trying to be – physical and fast he said that everyone looks better which i hope so everyone's in the weight room this year together they all should hopefully look better i think everyone in the conference they're thinking better about their team who they actually met this year but i think what he's struggling with is realizing scheme schematically this is a football team that that has to play hard-nosed football Um, but they're also (laughs) a team on offense that does have some weapons with speed and I think what you do with that is you say, look, we, we've got some speed here. We can actually play fast on offense. On defense, we're going to have to load the box. I mean, we got to use every single manpower we have because we are not a team that can have a 4-2-5 alignment because we're going to get pushed off the ball. And we're going to have to throw multiple blitz packages. We're going to have to have more guys on the line. I mean, you watched the Iowa game. That was an indicator of – you can't play Iowa with six guys in the box. You got to have seven, eight guys in the box to compete with them. Because if you don't, you know, you are going to be knocked off the ball at the highest level. That's what happened in that game. You remember the play where they send the guy in motion, Tyler, with the receiver. They think it might be a jet look. They just go off tackle and they completely blew Michigan State off the ball. That's a, that's a jet look where basically they're saying we just need to get one guy to move out of the way because we're going to outnumber you in the box. Michigan State has to be six, seven, eight guys at all times in the box, preferably seven. You know, I mean, I, I love the 4-3 look. I just do. Or you know, or, or a 3-3-5 look where you're going to say, look, yeah. we're blitzing a lot with that fifth guy in the secondary. Yeah. We're aggressive that way. You know, Michigan tried to play a lot of 3-3-5, and they found out the hard way that it's just not going to work. I mean, I remember with Rich Rodriguez, they went that route, and it was terrible. I mean, they they absolutely got destroyed up front. Yeah. You know, no, no, there is a little bit of a difference, though, really quick, and I just want to talk about this. As the game has evolved since then. And um, you're, you are more spread out looks, but you have to have that ability to compete in the Big Ten Conference, Big Ten big and physical and look he's getting these individual players big and physical and all that type of stuff but like schematically he's not doing the best to put them in uh, the good positions now if offense you want to spread it out and do whatever you want to do fine do that then but look it's still big 10 football and when push comes to shove even if it's out of the shotgun you're still going to see those power plays yeah you're going to those guards pull and you're going to see all that physical brand that uh, you're used to seeing. You're just going to see it out of a slightly different look. Well, look at Ohio state over the years. I mean, I mean, I think Ryan day is really spread them out, but look at how they hit you right up the middle of them. You know, they, they punch you right in the mouth and look at all the long runs they've had up the gut 
where, you know, they're, they're read option stuff, you know, they're, they're RPO action. They spread you out with four wide receivers and then they, boom, they hit you right up the gut. And, and that's the concern when you play Ohio state, Penn state, you know, the teams that are spread teams, Michigan, Michigan that are spread teams where you've got two linebackers and you, you know, you got a four man front who let's just be honest. It's a good four man front, but it's not an overpowering four man front. Shalik Calhoun is not on the defensive line right now. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a good defensive line. It's not a great one. I mean, I think the same could be said about Michigan. It's a good D line. It's not a great D line. So you got to bring your athletes up to the line, seven guys in the box against certain teams, be able to cover with four. I say that all the time. You got to be able to cover with four guys in this conference. And even if teams are too strong. Yeah, and it's still a passing – it's turning into a passing league. If you can drop a guy back, fine, but you got to have the ability to start him in the box and have the offense look at him saying, hey, that's one more we need to account for. Right. But look, Absolutely. Right. So, really quick, I haven't thought about this. I haven't done my homework at all, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try this anyways. Yesterday we did uh, three players on defense that you need to look at for Michigan, three for Michigan State. Um. I'm assuming I have this one. I'll, I'll go ahead. Oh, and I can go too if you want, but you know, I don't mind joining you on this. I think this, this all right. be fun, but if you want to go first or I can, doesn't matter. For offense, uh, Jaden Reed, I think you got to look at him. He had one big game, a couple big catches catch against Michigan. That's pretty much where it ends. Uh, needs to be a little more consistent. And so I, I think that that's a guy you to is Peyton Thorne. Obviously he's, Better be the cornerback, quarterback if it's a neck and neck situation. And then uh, number three, I'm going to go with uh, Cam Allen, the tight end. Uh, you know he'll be a number two at worst, and uh, I'm expecting big things out of the freshman, especially with Peyton Thorn, who can who uh, picks you apart, apart short, and, you know, speed and space, right? Gets Reed and Naylor and those types of guys, and they can spread out for Allen up over. Um, on defense, Panashuk, uh hindered by COVID, lost a lot of weight. Should be back in full. Looking forward to that monster coming back. Uh, Noah Harvey, he's got to be fast. And obviously, I'm going to go Angelo Gross. You know, uh, he might make that push towards safety. Um, you know, you got four guys. You need to figure out who your fifth is uh, in the defensive backfield. Henderson, Gross, and Gervin and Michael Dowell, you got to figure out, is it going to be Darius Snow? And, uh, you know, you got that ability to play around with it because Dowell and Gross can play both positions. So that's where I'm going with. No, that's that's great picks. You know, very, I'm kind of on the, the same page as you. Um, you know, I, I think Peyton Thorne offense, he just has to separate. You know, he has to prove this is my job, um, you know, and I can be the quarterback here at Michigan State for multiple years. I think that's I think it's been their bread and butter to have a guy who's been around for a few years. Uh, I think Kenneth Walker has to be as good as advertised. I mean, they're talking him up as an all-Big Ten performer. When you have guys like Elijah Collins, who we love, and is not getting any pub at all because Kenneth Walker is supposed to be the real deal. Well, he has to prove it. He has to come in and, yeah. and be a, a number one back, and he's going to have to be able to carry the load at times. Uh, I think Jalen Naylor needs to have a breakout year. I mean, he's had some really good moments. I think his speed is just – you can't teach that. And I think yep. the ability with Jaden Reed, who is just so solid, if Jalen Naylor can have some big plays, you got a major 
issue if you're covering Michigan State because they have multiple wide receivers. But Jalen Naylor is the one that could really burn you deep. So I, I think he's key this year. Uh, I'm going to stay on the same page with you with Ponishuk. I think he has to lead that D-line. He's got to be an anchor. Um, absolutely agree with you with Noah Harvey. I think the linebacking position is where I worry for Michigan State. Um, you know, I think with Gross that they want him to come up and be a run stopper, but he isn't, you know, he's not a big guy. Noah Harvey's a big guy, just has to move a little quicker, has to play sideline to sideline quicker. So, yeah, Harvey is huge. And I'm going to go with what you mentioned earlier. I think Gervin has to have the ability to really lock down mm-hmm. and lock down great receivers because I don't think they have uh, a great – uh, secondary as a whole, but if, if he can step up and be a great one cover guy, like, hey, this is our best corner, then that's huge. So I want to see him have a good year. And like I did with Michigan, I think a key player, because I, I wanted to do this also, you can mention this, Tyler. I think a key player for Michigan State, I just really love this kid. And I don't know, I seen some glimpses of it last year. I think Trent Gillison could be a stud. I mean, I really do. Oh, I think yeah. he could be an absolute stud. And he's a guy that Michigan State loves having great tight ends like that. And he can times too. He can play both. And I just think he's another guy that really adds to a very impressive pass catching unit. I mean, I think they're one of the best receiving units in the Big Ten. I truly do. And uh, I think he yeah. adds to that. So I think he's key this year. They got to find ways to get him the ball more. Yeah. Uh, a through Z, it's uh, the number one group. If not, it's the number two group. And by Ohio State, because Ohio State's just loaded still with a lot of. You know, yeah. it, you're never going to be one in any position group. I mean, <laughs> my God, it's like, hey, I think they're the best in the Big Ten. Oh, actually, Ohio State's yeah. the best in every position group. You know, maybe but, not uh, kicking. You know, maybe yeah. not kicking or special teams, but God, who knows? They yeah. probably have a stud coming in. Yeah, I'll take McLovin. But uh, <laughs> look, we'll, we'll, uh, look, I think our show that we're really planning on uh, you know after Team USA and France we'll talk about Draymond Green continuing to compete for gold medal all that other stuff we talked about earlier we'll uh, keep you up to date with that as well uh, I think that France does... and I know that's not totally off topic but since Draymond's involved I think USA loses and yeah, uh, we'll officially retire from watching any pro or Olympic sports after um, I just have no NFL. Is there any Spartan Wolverines? Who cares? I'm not watching the NFL this year. I have no. I'm ready for Michigan State, Michigan, buddy. That is all I care about right now at this point. Yeah, almost, almost a month away, and uh, obviously yeah. we'll talk about that. Maybe get some preseason stuff up on the page and whatever else we uh, come up with. Um, but yeah, we'll be back talking Draymond Green against Rudy Gobert. The man can I, can I say one thing, Tyler? Over under world a year and a half ago. Yes, yes. But can I say this real quick? Over under eight times this college football season, do we destroy Mel Tucker? Over under. <laughs> I mean, over, you know how we, over, and I'll say before the season. Oh my God! I hope. Well, let's just but, try our best. Yeah. No, I'm going to try. He needs to try though. But uh, that does it for us. First year in trouble with Snap Podcast. For Jordan and Jeremy File, I'm Tyler Hill. This was the Trouble with the Snap Podcast.